Welcome to Stuff We Love podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of the Stuff We Love podcast. Thank you for tuning in. For today's episode, we are happy to welcome back John, also known as C.WDW and C.UO on Instagram. John posts really amazing photos and videos of the attractions at Disney World and Universal Studio Orlando and Islands of Adventure. Tonight, we're going to talk about some of the recent theme park news related to the current pandemic that we're facing as a world. Uh, so, John, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show again. Yeah, thank you very much for having me back. Thank you, John, for being here. Uh, before we get started tonight, since it's been a while since you were on, why don't you take a moment to tell the listeners again a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, my name is John. I live two miles west of Walt Disney World, and I have a few accounts, uh, c.wdw, c.uo. Um, I even have an Instagram or a YouTube now. I, I, oh, really? It only, it only, only has a few hundred, but I've been... A friend of mine's been helping me edit some videos to give it a little more of a YouTube feel for some of them. I know Scott is always very jealous when we uh, talk about you because you live his dream out every day. He wishes he could live. I mean, we all do. We wish yeah. we could live two miles from the parks. And uh, well, he goes, okay. yeah, that's 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 one of the things that I like to think about. I I'm kind of a risk taker, you know. I mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing what a lot of people always wanted to do i i up and moved from pennsylvania and you know came down to uh, Kissimmee and just tried to live in the dream so can Absolutely. you hear the fireworks from where you live oh yeah yeah well not in a while but sure before yeah i could hear them and even uh, I, I can't really see them from my property but i've already seen them from my driveway from walking around the neighborhood mm-hmm. that kind of thing so i'm that close I I do a lot of timing of things, so I actually would time how long it takes me to get to the parks. And mm-hmm. I think the last time I went to Epcot, Epcot, I got through the uh, the uh, parking booth in a slightly over ten minutes. So, wow! And Animal Kingdom's about seven minutes. Mm. Uh, Magic Kingdom parking is about twelve minutes. It's a nice place to be for it's quick amazing. visits to the park. That's unbelievable. As Jack said, I am absolutely jealous, and I'm trying to remain calm at this moment <laughs> in, the, uh, in the podcast. But no, that that's awesome, and I really do love your Instagram posts because they give people like me who don't live close to the theme park sort of a virtual vacation every time I see one of your posts. So we're really very appreciative of that. And uh, John, tell us uh, with YouTube, what's your channel name? How would we find you on YouTube? Well. I was able to do a real channel now. I think once you go get over 100, you're allowed to name it. I think it's just CWDW. Mm-hmm. I see it right there. It's uh, CWDW, yeah. All right, good, good. I Welcome. have just subscribed to your channel. Oh, thank you very much. Sure, no, it's, it's great. I look forward to watching the videos on there. Uh, I love YouTube because you're able to watch the videos not just on your phone or your iPad or computer, but... With all the smart TVs out there and the streaming devices, you're able to project it onto your TV, which is great. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, like we we turn on the smart TV and YouTube has a channel right there, and it's just convenient, you know. So, and and I at first I just put on, you know, unedited videos, and like I said, I had a friend of mine who is going to school for that, so he's kind of. Uh, 
it's kind of an experiment for him too to try to put titles to it to try to to splice things together you know like we just did a runaway railroad yeah and it you know we he spliced together walking into the park going through the turnstile uh hitting the fast pass uh, the line a little bit the pre-show the exit like for me it was all separate videos and i just sent it all to him and he kind of spliced them all together yeah to make a little you know a more uh, smooth video out of it everything together well that's awesome And, and we're so glad to have you back on tonight to talk about what's going on with the theme parks and your recent experiences there before they close down. Uh, As we record this episode tonight, the world is dealing with a pandemic that is having an impact on society in countless numbers of ways. In terms of the theme parks, this has been the only time that all of the Disney theme parks around the world have been simultaneously closed. We know that Universal Studios Orlando is closed through at least May 31st of this year, and Walt Disney World and Disneyland are closed with no reopening dates determined as of yet. Uh, John, we understand you were in the Orlando theme parks right before they closed down. Yeah, uh, actually, I I was in all four Disney theme parks the weekend before and Universal Studios the night of. On the mm-hmm. on the final day, I I went to Epcot in the morning and then I went to Hollywood Studios and rode Star Tours and then I. And then my wife and neighbors joined me for one more night of Mardi Gras at Universal Studios that night. So it was a long night. We tried to get all the park in we could at the, at the end. And uh, I guess I, my first question for you related to this is, can you tell us a bit about what things were like in the theme park that theme parks that last day? Was it less crowded than normal? Were people as in such a good mood like they normally are? What, what was your take on that? Well, now... The last weekend, like, I was at the Magic Kingdom, I think, on Saturday, and I believe Sunday was the last day that all the parks were open. And the Magic Kingdom on that day was actually fairly crowded. Like, I, I and I didn't notice any distancing. Um, I was asked to take pictures of people with their phones, and, you know, I obliged. I'm not – I'm uh, – like I said, I'm kind of a risk taker with things like that. I, I just smiled and took their pictures. And um, the only, the what really got me on the last weekend of the Magic Kingdom was we were in the parks when the college program people got the message that they were finished, and there were a lot of crying, you know, young people around. Oh wow! And and you you could really feel a change in the park atmosphere from that because a lot of them a lot of the managers told them to stop working and don't worry just and so they kind of went right out and started trying to enjoy the parks and uh i had a video on my instagram that that was the castle show and if you if if you watch it you'll see it's not a lot of little kids and stuff it's like young 18 to 20 year olds all running up to the castle and watching the show and this like like yeah. that's the one difference i saw it was the college program people really you know trying to appreciate their last little bit of disney they were going to get mm-hmm. but i was I, oh yeah i'm sorry i was i, I was going to say as far as the, the last day goes epcot was much much less crowded like it was kind of sparse 
Not empty, though, but sparse Hollywood Studios was still absolutely packed. I took videos of that. It felt not much different than any other day at Hollywood Studios. And Mm -hmm. so that kind of surprised me. And then uh, Universal was a little bit less packed. But again, it was Mardi Gras. Everybody was out catching the beads. It was, you know, it wasn't that Mm -hmm. somber of a night for them either. So and. If you noticed, I didn't. On the last night, I went to uh, I went to the to uh, Universal with my wife. My daughter and her friends went to the Magic Kingdom, and she's the one that got me a few clips of uh, Josh Demaro and all the characters waving at everybody as as the night was over. And she said, you know, she kind of got goosebumps there, like it felt it felt like it was going to be a lot more than two weeks at that point, the way they made such a production out of it. And she said, you know, all the characters were out. And again, it was a huge crowd of people, but it was mostly young people. And a lot of them were Disney workers. So, Mm -hmm. and, and honestly, I have not yet met any Disney worker that, 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 that has gotten sick. My friends, my neighbors, I, I know my wife works for Disney none of them have had any issue whatsoever. So, you know, I I don't know if that's luck or, Mm. you know, the uh, great immune system you get working at Disney, but whatever it is, whatever it is, I don't know anybody who has it that actually worked there. And, and all those people that were in that crowd too, like I said, my daughter was right in there with them and her and everybody she was with, they all, they've been fine so far. It's it's really interesting, obviously, because like you're saying, there's a certain kind of attitude you have at Disney. You know, you're on the happiest, you're at the ha- happiest place on earth, and um, there's so many things that you don't even realize now that we're practicing all these social distancing rules. Um, that in techni- technically would be in violation if you're at the parks. I mean, just in the lines, for example, the queues. You're usually standing pretty close to complete strangers. <laughs> and the thing I thought about was. When you check into the park, or not check into the parks, when you go through the parks, you scan your magic band and you put your finger down, your fingerprint sensor. And so right. I'm thinking, yeah. wouldn't that just spread? That would be crazy. The, I mean, in terms on of- the last day, they they were still doing that at Hollywood. Oh, wow. They didn't do it at Epcot. I went to Hollywood. They made me put my finger in there. And uh, I was going to say, they also were telling people to. Uh, move all the way forward, move all the way. F- you know that when you're yeah, in line, yeah. how they say if there's any space in front of you, fill it in, <laughs> fill it in. That was happening the last couple of days as well. Wow. And I always hated that myself. So I won't be sad to see that go. Because no. <laughs> I always think that's the last thing I want to do is push up against strangers in line. I just, you know. So, yeah, it raises a lot of a lot of questions. So, like, let's say, obviously, we don't even know because most of the world is still in lockdown. But when eventually people we do start loosening restrictions and stuff, when it comes to a theme park, uh, how are they going to how are they going to change this? Is it going to be that they let less people in the park? Is it going to be that um, they extend the queue lines? Maybe um, there's just there's so many questions. And I think the biggest question is just how are people going to feel? Are they going to feel comfortable going to the parks? Are they going to even care? It seems like Florida. I know we're talking about <laughs> Florida because Disney World and Universal doesn't really seem to care as much, not just as much as compared to other places. Like their lockdown was a little bit less strict. And I have a friend who was in, Flo- in uh, Florida for our spring break and she was at the beach. And I don't know if the beaches are closed or anything, but she was at the beach. So 
obviously there's a lot of science behind it, whether it's better in warm climates or what, but it'll be really interesting to see how people react when this is eventually all gone. Uh, will people go back to the parks? Will they be will they be worried about any of this stuff? It's going to be interesting to uh, say. My guess is that, and and again, it may be wishful thinking, but usually when there's a big disaster or at least the appearance of one, a lot of people talk about what's going to change and what's going to change forever and all this and that. And with a virus, I, I just don't know. Typically, a virus lasts about four weeks. Mm-hmm. And and whatever Disney does going forward, I don't think it's really going to help until the next time a virus breaks out because, yeah. you know, it shouldn't just last forever. I mean, I, yeah. I guess it I, I guess it could. But all, you know, the people that study these things say a virus usually comes and goes in approximately four weeks if you don't, you know, social yeah. distance too much or whatever so normally I, I i don't really see a need for it but to just like a lot of things like the security it's not necessarily it is security but it's also to make people feel better so That's they kind of mm-hmm. just need to do things to make the general public feel better that they're doing something about it and that's that's what i think they're going to do I agree. Oh, no, no. I think um, I think something interesting. My uh, I was talking today. Someone told me that cruise bookings are up for 2021. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like, and I kind I kind of agree with you. Obviously, Disney will put a lot of things in place to make people feel more comfortable going to the parks. But overall, people will still want to go to Disney World. I mean, it's it, people love it for a reason. And uh, you know, this is just a small example. But like I said, cruise bookings are up for 2021, and of all places, yeah. that was the one place you didn't want to be during this this place. But now prices are lower, and everyone's like, "Hey, well, in 2021, this will hopefully be over." So wow. I'm I'm pretty optimistic. I can tell you that that most of the people around here have no have no fear at all about going back to the parks or oh, you know whatever else. Just none. And 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 again. I, I can't tell you why exactly, but it, mm. like all my friends, neighbors, I haven't met anybody around here that was concerned, you know, about parks and stuff. But but we're also not the main customer, too. So, yeah. Scott, what are your thoughts? I, I This to me is a very tricky subject because to a certain degree, we really are in uncharted waters here when dealing with this. I I. I Personally speaking, there's moments where I feel optimistic about where this is headed, and then there are times where I feel a bit nervous about where this is headed. From everything I've been reading, and there's been some real interesting stuff in the past week or so related to Bob Iger. There was a big article yesterday in the New York Times about how he's basically resumed his old job and is navigating Disney through this crisis, which I like a lot. I'm a big Bob Iger fan. Uh, But the one article that really stands out about where things could be going with the theme parks was in Barron's last week. He actually appeared on a podcast for Barron's, and he was talking about how Disney plans to reopen when they do reopen. And I think there's no doubt that you will have tons of people that will want to go to Disney and Universal uh, that would crowd the park probably the first week it opens. The only twist in the story is that Disney may have their own internal limits on how many people they'll let in the park. He, uh, he meaning Bob Iger, specifically spoke about perhaps instituting temperature checks for people entering the parks, just like they started to do 
I guess in Shanghai when Shanghai reopened. Uh, there's been discussion about maybe there not being actual queues and just being all virtual queues. No character meet and greets, limits on buffets, trying to enforce social distancing as best they can in the theme park while also capping attendance. There's also a lot of uncertainty about the parties for later this year, like the Halloween party, Halloween Horror Nights over at Universal, uh, Christmas party. All that is kind of up in the air. Uh, you know, one of the things that we're seeing some medical professionals say is that, all right, let's say we get through this first wave and summer tends to be a lot better in terms of the impact of the virus, it could come back in the fall. Uh, now, Dr. Fauci has said it could be a totally different ballgame by then because maybe we'll have treatments and better testing and all that stuff. But it's kind of good. I think it's going to be a challenge for Disney going forward how they deal with this stuff uh, in terms of welcoming people back into the parks, but also looking out for their safety. So I, I, th I think one thing that I feel very confident about is that when Disney does reopen, for at least the time being, it's definitely not going to be forever, it's going to be a very different theme park experience. Uh, there's even some talk that maybe they would just open Disney Springs first and then start to reopen the parks uh, one at a time. So th that's kind of just, I'm kind of speaking off the cuff there. We'll really have to see how it develops. Uh, at one, uh, at one of the things I was just going to say is that they took a poll of sports fans. And the question was, when things open up again, would you feel comfortable going to a stadium with a crowd to watch a sporting event? And I forget the exact numbers, but I think that among, again, I'm not sure about this, but it was well over 60%, I think it was 72% of people said they wouldn't feel comfortable for the time being going to a sporting event until there was a vaccine. And to me, I look at Disney the way I look at a sporting event. We're going to get there. We're going to get back to normal. There's no doubt about it. It's just a matter of how we get there that I think is the really open question. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely take time. Um, everything you mentioned, the good thing is this will hopefully all be short term. And by I mean short term, I mean maybe max a couple months. I don't mean, you know, a couple weeks. We might have these measures in place, like you said, until there's better treatments, until maybe cases just start going down entirely. Let's say mm -hmm. three months or something. We don't even worry about this anymore. And well, this is all behind us. What do you think, John? Here's an unrelated tidbit to, to keep an eye on. I think it's very important to see what happens in, I believe, Sweden and, and Brazil. They're mm -hmm. not doing what everybody else is, is doing. Yep. And if, if things work out well for them, then the next time this comes back, which will probably be in the fall because we didn't get herd immunity because we, you know, avoided it. It, it 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 will only be four weeks by that time. That's if if it works well for them. I think it's very important, and I do think everybody should watch. Is it working? What they're doing in Sweden, and yeah. I didn't even know about Brazil until today. If it works yeah. better than what we did, then maybe in the fall we just have to protect our people that are at risk and let everybody else spread it normally like any other virus and we will stop it yeah i think that makes a lot of sense i i think hopefully um even if it does come back in the fall scott like you mentioned mm -hmm. hopefully at that point like you said we'll have better treatments and maybe right. just because so many people have already have had it 
that there won't be this big surge in hospitalizations or anything like that, where, like like John said, we can hopefully just pick up some herd immunity and put this whole thing behind us. But it'll be yes. it'll be really interesting to um, see. I, I was wondering, John, um, a little bit unrelated to the current pandemic, uh, were you able to, I, I wasn't sure when this ride actually opened, the new ride at Hollywood Studios, um, Mickey's uh, Runaway Train, I believe it's called. Oh, yeah. Jack, Is that before, not open we yet, get, Scott? before we get to that, can I just make one more comment to close out our discussion on the fall? Because I think it's a very optimistic yeah, thing absolutely. that brought me a lot of comfort. Yeah. Uh, there was, there's been some stuff I've read literally in the past day or two related to a possible comeback in the fall that has made me feel, I don't feel good about any of this, but you know, it made me feel a bit more mm -hmm. relaxed. One of which they interviewed an epidemiologist who is a very prominent doctor at Texas A&M University. He advises the government on this stuff. And he specifically said if it comes back in the fall, he's very optimistic there's going to be some type of treatment for it. Not a vaccine, but a treatment for it that's going to have a significant impact on it. That's the first thing. And the second thing is Dr. Fauci himself has said that if, if we could get ahead of this and take the necessary steps through testing and increased treatments, and that's been echoed by... Scott Gottlieb, who's a former head of the FDA that's been on CBS a lot about this, that it'll be a very different scenario in the fall if it comes back. So um, I would like to think that if it does come back in the fall, that what we're experiencing now is the worst of it and that we as a country would be better prepared for whatever the impact is in the fall. So uh, there, there's reason to be optimistic about where things are going in our country in terms of dealing with this uh, this this illness. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, I just want to get that comment in because oh, we were no. talking about the fall. Uh, John, uh, take it over from <laughs> Jack. You oh, asked no. I, right I, right? I, I appreciate that. That makes me feel better, too. I don't hear yeah. a lot of good news. so that <laughs> And that makes a lot of sense because the biggest fear was we'd run out of uh, respirators and hospital beds and all that. By the fall, that fear won't exist anymore because we'll be ready if it comes back. So that's, mm. yes. we yes. should be much better. So that's... Uh, Mickey's Runaway Railway was the question, right? Yes. And, yes. And I did get to ride that. It's a, it's an enjoyable ride. I know I've, I've heard on other podcasts, uh, you know, people or other of your podcasts, I should say, it, it, it's come up before. I, I personally would have preferred the Great Movie Ride. Like I really did like that, and. I, I'm one of those guys that is not in love with every movie that Disney makes and every character they have. And I do like Mickey Mouse, but it's not necessarily the Mickey that everybody thinks of. It's a very stylized version of Mickey. And I really love the ride, but my my wish, and I think a lot of people's wish, would have been to put it over in the animation part, like where they have... Voyage of the Little Mermaid and the, you know, the little kid buildings that we really, as adults, yes. I don't really go over there anymore. So it, I think it would have fit perfectly there. It is a good ride, though. Like, I, I went on it. I liked it a lot. But in comparison with the great movie ride for rewritability, I didn't I didn't feel that it was equal in that regard, at least. John, but I that's, think that's just me. I think that's a great point. There are so many. We, we had this discussion, I think, maybe months ago when they first announced this or maybe a year ago when they first announced this. We had this discussion. It seems like it's always people saying either movie ride or uh, Mickey's Runaway Train. And you make a great point, just that we could have had both. You know, we could have 
uh, put the new ride in either another, like the section you mentioned, or any other place in Hollywood Studios. We didn't need to have it be this fight over new versus old, or this versus that, or animation versus this, or old Hollywood Studios versus new Hollywood Studios. We could have just kept both rides. Yeah, I mean, they're building it new in California, so it's mm-hmm. it's buildable. And like yeah. I said, I can't remember the last time I was in the... Uh, I don't even remember what it is right now. It was Bear in the Big Blue House when my daughter was young. <laughs> Over there, they had Playhouse Disney. Yeah, and right. I'm not sure what it is right now because that's how... Scott, are you, do you know? I have no idea what it is. I don't know. I don't okay, have any see, little kids right now. I'd be arrested hang, hanging out over that area. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go over there. John, I wanted to ask you, with Mickey's Runaway Railway, one of the things I heard is that it's a very short attraction. Is that true? Because I, one thing I'll say is I purposely have avoided watching YouTube videos of it because I want to experience it in person for the first time before I see it. But is it a short attraction? The main part of it is about eh, four to five minutes. So oh, okay. It, it's That's not, pretty good. It's not that short. It's short lengthwise because they reuse rooms. Like you go into a room and then you go back into a room and they use uh, projectors and uh, sp- effects to change the whole room right in front of you. So you go you go through the, some of the same places that transform. Mm-hmm. But So lengthwise, it's not that long. And the pre-show is about two minutes and the little cartoon. That's 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 nice, too. But like I said, I, I definitely like the ride. I rode it one time and I had never, I, I didn't love it enough that I really wanted to go and get in line again to ride it. And I rode it probably a few days after it opened and I probably waited only about an hour to get on it. So I think oh, wow. that's a little bit, to me, that's not a great sign. That's a sign that it's just going to be all right going forward. It's going to be consistent, but it's not going to be a, one of those one of those rides that's consistently two right. three hours yeah. to get on, which I kind of like. We need more of those. So. Yeah, I I don't I don't want to speak for for Scott, but I will. I've said this before. I'll definitely miss the great movie ride. I felt like it, uh, and I don't want to open a whole can of worms because we could talk <laughs> about this for for hours. But um, I thought the great movie ride brought something to Hollywood studios that no other ride could. I wish desperately that they had just refurbished the ride, maybe change out some of the movies that they didn't think were relevant anymore. Although I do think there's something to be said about kids learning the history of some of these old, great um, movies, but I wish they had refurbished it and kept it around because, um, or maybe reuse some of the space because there was a little bit of la- of empty space in that whole pavilion, but mm-hmm. I really wish they had kept it around. Cause I thought it was, a ride central to Hollywood Studios, and one of one of my favorite experiences at all four of the parks. Well, for me, when I first went to Disney, I wasn't a Disney kid. I was in. I liked Looney Tunes and Bugs Bunny, and that they were my that that was my group. So I, uh, when I went there, all the parks. This is in the in the late '90s. They were too Disney for me, because I really didn't wasn't that familiar with all of it. But the great movie ride I loved because I was familiar with everything in there. It was just it, it was a little escape for me as not necessarily a Disney person. And I feel like it was like that with a lot of people, you know, like the dad gets drug along on vacation and he oh, here's a <laughs> here, here's a ride I actually liked. It's like, yeah, great, you know, so although I like all the rides, but I, I just think it was. Yeah, I understand your point. One of the things I mentioned on an earlier episode of our podcast is. To me, not having something like the great movie ride at Hollywood Studios is very, very bizarre. There's no attraction that celebrates the movies in general 
And that's even more pronounced now when Disney just acquired 20th Century Fox. Their library <laughs> yeah. of movies is yeah. enormous. Just look at Disney Plus, everything on there. I know. Can, and it's so strange to me that there's nothing out there that, at the park that just celebrates movies in general. And I guess you could say the same thing. I mean, even at Universal Orlando, there's not just a general celebration of all Universal movies. But, but we had the great movie ride, and to lose that, yeah. no matter how great Mickey's Runaway Railway may be or not be, it's it's missing something to me. It's not the same. Yeah, especially like you said, with the acquisition, they could have just they could have just added new movies to it. They could have taken some old ones out that people didn't think were relevant anymore, add some new ones, or just made some better use of the space. There were there was really an endless amount of uh, opportunity there, and just considering. Uh, the history that that ride brought to that park specifically, I felt if they had refurbished it, it would have shown you know tremendous respect to the history of the parks in the past, but also show they're going forward in the future with a new you know a new approach to things, maybe brought some new technology into the ride. But um, I don't know. I've heard great things about this new ride. I just wish they could have kept both. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and John, you've said only wonderful things about this new ride, so I'm excited to get on it. Yeah, I look forward to riding it again. But again, it doesn't have that same appeal to me it's not not something i'd get up early in the morning and go line up for to get on it again so yeah but i'll enjoy it when i do ride it again at this point i would enjoy anything (laughs) true i'd ride that's very accurate yeah let me on it today (laughs) john uh living two miles from disney world what's your go-to park i mean if if you if someone said okay you got to go to disney world today what's the park you're headed to well what I do a lot, and this is a a lot of times on on a say like on a Saturday or Sunday around 10:30, I will drive to Hollywood Studios, and I will take the uh, Disney Skyliner, and I will ride that all the way over to the Epcot uh, International Gateway, and then I'll mm-hmm. stroll around Epcot for a while, maybe stop and watch a movie or something. And then I usually walk back through the uh, beach club, boardwalk, those resorts. I take the nice walk back there. It's about a 20-minute walk and go back to Hollywood Studios. And then I can go into Hollywood Studios as well if I want to. And that's kind of what I did on the last day that it was open because that's kind of my, I don't know, kind of a nice relaxing day for me where I can do a little bit see a lot of stuff, get some good exercise and take a lot of good pictures and videos. And so not that I don't, I love animal kingdom and the magic kingdom are two of my favorite parks, but you know, since, since Hollywood and Epcot are kind of connected, they, they, they work for me. That sounds like an amazing, an amazing night. I would love to be able to do that at 1030, but, um, Oh no, that, that's, it's that's actually, great. It's actually in the daytime. 1030. Oh, in the morning. Okay. Oh no, not at night. Considering I spend I my to, weekends at target. That sounds very, very appealing right now. Yeah. <laughs> I go to sleep at night. I don't, I, I don't want to be at it 1030. That's fair. <laughs> my highlight of the weekend is going to the diner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, Disney Skyliner is great though, too. Yeah. Like I do really, and I, I love that too. I, I know you've been on it, but yeah, it, it's it, a very, although I can t- tell you this, I wrote it on the last day yes. by myself and I got a lot of great videos because they were not putting anybody in the same car. So, wow, so you had a private, private, I was a party of stuff. one and that's what I got. Um, and you know, I was on, I, I, 
I thought that was interesting. So they did do that. That could impact, at least for a while, the Skyliner system. Speaking of that, it Boy, may not be. It may not be as uh, as fast as it was before this whole thing happened, because they're not going to put people in that little box in the sky together. The Skyliner is an amazing use of technology. When I rode it in January, one of the rides that I took was from the Epcot entrance near the Beach Club over to, I guess it was the Riviera. And there's a part on that ride where literally the Skyliner slows down and makes a physical turn. And the engineering behind that is absolute genius. It's it's an example of how they constantly are pushing the boundaries of what you think would be, of what you think would work. And I love the fact that now at Disney World, when it's open, you got the Skyliner, the monorail, the bus transportation, the boats. There's so many cool ways. Not that the bus is cool, but you got you got many ways to get around, and that's that's I, awesome. I love the boats too. That's another thing that I like to do. Like my my wife works at the salon, so she's works at you know the Grand Floridian, the Wilderness Lodge, all the nice resorts. Yeah. I, I, I went over and met her for lunch a few weeks well, a couple of months ago now, probably on like a Sunday. We had lunch at the Wilderness Lodge. Then she went back to work and I got on the boat over to the Magic Kingdom. And just riding the boats is so nice, you know, like a nice sunny afternoon riding boats around and and I was gonna I bring that up because like like you said, the boats and the Skyliners are two of my favorite rides at Walt Disney World. And you don't even need a ticket to ride them. Like the right. Skyliner, you don't have to get a ticket. And it yeah. really is a great ride. John, you mentioned uh, that recently, you know, you went to lunch at the Wilderness Lodge. Do you find yourself when you live so close, do you look at the Disney restaurants, whether it's at the theme parks or Disney Springs, the same way you do local restaurants? Do you go there often just to grab a bite to eat and then head home? I don't really think of them as local restaurants now. I, mm-hmm. I, I mainly because of the price, but I right. still do. I still do love them. I appreciate them, and it's even just eating somewhere quick. It really feels like you're on vacation, you know. Just yes. to go over there and have lunch, like it. It's I vacationed there for so many years that it's like flashbacks to being on vacation. So, makes for a pleasant, pleasant uh, weekend. But I actually had one other thing that I wanted to talk Absolutely. about too before. Um, yeah. I, one of the things that, that, that my daughter's been very happy about, um, she she got to work Halloween Horror Nights last year and fell in love with that. We love it now too, but one of the things that's been keeping her sane is the fact that Universal is still, their construction sites are still active unlike disney so and at least i guess to her like that's a great thing that that the coasters are still under construction they're still you know it's it may not be moving as fast as it would have but everything's continuing a epic universe which to me is a is a great thing that's coming up just knowing that site work is continuing they're not really behind schedule that's it's like a, a a a little bit of light in a, at a dark time because Disney kind of shut everything down and it it feels yeah. good that something's going forward. And that's what I was going to say, too. Over the last few years, I just love Universal Studios now, too. Yeah. Like, that's it's such a great park. And, you know, my daughter worked for them and my wife works for Disney. And 
all the stuff that they say is true. It's much more of a family feel at Universal. Disney's mm-hmm. a big corporate place. At Universal, they treat you very well, like family. Oh, there. wow. And, it, and I've heard that before, but now, you know, with a family member each working at one, mm-hmm. it, it made it more apparent, you know. But John, what did your daughter do at Halloween Horror Nights? She was in what you call fire crew. And that means she goes in and anybody that called off that she could fit their position, they would pick her. Wow. She was the uh, blonde girls in the Us house. She did that a lot. Like sure. Yeah, I know that. Sisters. Yeah. And she she got to play a baby in House of a Thousand Corpses a couple times, and that was her absolute favorite. You know the one where they're scalping the guy. I know like, exactly what I mean. I love Halloween Horror Nights. I know exactly what you're talking yep. about. And and I can tell you that that she loved that house so much, and that's the house that won House of the Year. Yeah, no, that's, that was a great house. A lot, of, a lot of people were confused about that, but House of the Year, it's not just about how good it is, and it was very good, but it was consistently good. Like, I've, I've already gone through the Us house, and it was great, and then I've gone through, and it was terrible. I got almost no scares. It was mm. kind of like a dud. The House of a Thousand, every single trip through was great. All of them. I didn't get a single one that wasn't good. And so for me, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't surprised when, and I didn't even know what that movie was at that time. I, I had never seen it. And now it's one of my favorite movies too. It's just the yeah. weirdest movie I've ever seen. But That's an intense <laughs> horror movie. That's one of the Rob Zombie's classic horror movies. It's yeah. very intense. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights, out of all the things I do anywhere over the course of the year, any of the events I go to, is my absolute favorite event. I'm in awe every year I've been at how good a job Universal does at the scare zones, at the houses. The whole atmosphere in the park that night is phenomenal. Jack, we've talked about this. I can't wait to go with you one year to Halloween Horror Nights. It's such an awesome time. Everyone has just spoken so highly of it. I'm ex- I'm really excited to uh, to check it out. And I've been watching a lot more horror movies recently, and so a lot of the newer houses that they have are going to be really cool to see because I'm familiar with the movies. Yeah, yeah and, and the funny thing is, too, when my daughter first moved, when we first moved here, she was 16, she didn't even want to go to Horror Nights. Her friends wanted her to go. She didn't like scary movies, whatever, whatever. She went and fell in love with it, and it's yeah. her oh, absolute... She's she's just like a lot of other locals where they we look forward to that more than Christmas. It's like, yeah, <laughs> who cares about Christmas? What the how wait till the house announcements come and and then when she started working it, she liked that even better and you know, she'd be there working and then hang out with the her co- co-workers till, you know, at the pretzel place at City Walk till 3 or 4 in the morning and it's just wow. It's such a, a tight community, like the people that do the houses together. And she would try so hard, too. I remember when she did the Us House, she could barely move her neck the next day because she really tried. <laughs> yeah. you know, she'd, she'd jump out and whip her head back. And But, yeah, it's, so um, I'm, I'm really hoping if Horror Nights still goes this year, which I think it will because it's the biggest moneymaker for them. They really mm-hmm. need to do it. But. Yeah. As long as I get that, I'll be happy. That's... I, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast before, but the first time I went to Horror and Horror Nights, which was a few years ago, I was with uh, Joe, who's one of the hosts of the podcast, and Neil. And we were talking to a guy at our hotel, Lowe's Royal Pacific, and he said to us that his daughter had just gotten married. They had the 
reception at the Margaritaville restaurant at City Walk. And that night, everyone that was at the wedding was going to Halloween Horror Nights. And when I heard that, I thought to myself, that sounds cool, but you know, I don't know what to I don't know what Halloween Horror Nights is gonna be like. This is the first time I went. After I went, I said to Joe and Neil, that's my dream wedding right there. <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if that's my daughter's dream wedding too. So Yeah. I mean, I had a great wedding. It was a beautiful Even though event. Scott's already been married. I'm married, yeah. but next it wedding. was a great wedding. But I, I actually have I may have more <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I don't know if my wife's going to listen to this, but I think I've had more fun at Halloween Horror Nights than I did on my own wedding night. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope for your sake she hasn't listened to this. <laughs> she would get it if she was a horror movie fan. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, but it's a, it's a great event. It's it's really fun. And it, when I go, normally what we do is we go to Mickey's Not So Scary on the Friday night of the weekend. We're down there, and that's a lot of fun. It, it we we have a great time there. And but it's really all a build up to Horror Nights. It, it all leads up to that. Yeah, we were lucky enough, since we didn't have to pay for my daughter's pass, my wife and I sprung for the uh, express pass. So we got the whole season and we could go front of the line. So we would only go, you know, a few hours at a time because we would go a lot. So, but it, it it's definitely the highlight of the year around here for a lot of people. Yeah, and if, if we get the express pass too, and if you're going for... If you're like us, you're going down for one weekend a year. It's worth it to spend the yep. extra money because that way yep. you know you're going to be able to get into all the well, things that they have there that night. The reason that I started doing it was so I didn't have to be out real late at night because I could see them all over the season. But I, I just don't like being out too late. The older I get, the more I like to be home by like nine, ten o'clock is even kind of late. I might <laughs> so yeah. so by having that express pass, I could go for just two or three hours at a time and ride and, and, and go through a lot of houses. So mm -hmm. just worked out for me. I think Excellent. it's worth it. A lot of people probably wouldn't. Well, John, listen, before we turn to the stuff we love segment here on the podcast tonight, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we're so glad you were with us tonight and we appreciate your insights into what's going on at the theme parks. And we'll look forward to having you on again to talk about all these future developments, all good stuff. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I just bought a pass to uh, Bush Gardens and SeaWorld, too. I didn't even get to go there yet, though. Right. <laughs> so, if, if, if you ever expand out to that, by the time you do, I kind of wanted to go see the Seven Seas Food Festival or whatever. I heard the food's pretty good. and But like I said, I, I bought the passes and never got to redeem them. Yeah, but, well, hopefully soon. Hopefully yep. soon. Jack, you want to kick off our Stuff We Love segment tonight? Sure. So for any listeners who aren't familiar, the Stuff We Love segment is just a time where we talk about uh, our favorite products, uh, whether it's music, movies, or really anything we're enjoying right now, books. Uh, so for me, I'm talking about what HBO is currently doing. They're offering a ton of free uh, a ton of their shows just for free. You don't even need a subscription. So they're offering a couple different shows then a couple documentaries too. So they're offering uh, a new movie called Run. Um, uh, they're also offering the show Westworld, which many people are familiar with, is for free. Um, and then a couple other ones, some of which I'm not as familiar with, uh, The Plot Against America and the show called My Brilliant Friend. And they have a bunch of documentaries around too. One that I know is very popular, uh, McMillian. Um, is also available to be streamed. It's just great because also a ton of other movies, including uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, uh, Smallfoot, uh, 
really a ton. And, and one I know that everyone loves, Game of Thrones is available for free. Chernobyl is available for free. It's just great because if you haven't been uh, involved in HBO, if you haven't seen their stuff in the past, it's a great time to start watching it and maybe see if after this, uh, you you consider adding HBO to your your service uh, streaming service list uh, because they do have a ton of really great content. So I've been taking advantage of that. Awesome, that's a great choice, Jack. Yeah, H- I, I personally have HBO now, and I love it. I watch HBO all the time. It's it brings me great enjoyment. It's been nice to have while I've been staying home. Yeah, absolutely. John, what's your stuff we love tonight? Well, a lot of my stuff that I love. Um, unfortunately, overlaps with a lot of past guests. And even Jack, like I love Always Sunny in Philadelphia and uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's, yeah, it's uh, at times show. like this, it's great to have things like that. But I was going to kind of stick I, the outsider. And I know I've heard all these on your podcast before. And uh, honestly, I get a lot of good ideas from listening to your podcast on what to. Uh-huh what to Thank give you. a try so but not i was gonna, scott i'm sure not for uh, me <laughs> yeah not from scott no one listens to me <laughs> well, they turn I their was, radios down when i come on <laughs> i was gonna say i don't know if anybody did this one yet and uh, i wouldn't say love but it's worth watching just so you know what the heck everybody's talking about is i just got done watching the tiger king the whole <laughs> <Yeah>. series <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because Jack and I have talked about this. I personally haven't seen it, but Jack loves it. That's why I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah, and, and again, it's kind of like one of those things. If you d- didn't watch it, then you're going to see memes. You're going to hear people yeah. talk about Carol Baskin, this and that, and you're not going to know what they're talking about. So <laughs> the, it's 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 worth it for the knowledge. You need to know. <laughs> absolutely. The, the craziest thing was I sent this to uh, Scott and our other co-host the other day. It got mentioned in a prep briefing, in a uh, press briefing the other day, where someone actually asked the president of the United States about Joe Exotic, which just blew my I heard mind. That. That's when I, I knew that the show had just gotten way too big. I heard. <laughs> I, I Yeah, for me, I ignored it. I ignored it. I saw more memes and then it kept coming up and more and yeah. more prominent people. And I'm like, all right. I and, <laughs> and my wife was thinking the same thing. As when I told her, she's like, I was just thinking the same thing, but I thought you would say, I don't want to watch that, you know? Yeah. So probably a week before I would have, but I finally got convinced. And did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I thought it was extremely interesting. And yeah. the the fact that people like that even exist, it's just very That's interesting. What says. And the funny thing is, I live in Florida and apparently there's you know, maybe like an hour from me, there's some big cat oh, yeah. rescues around. I could probably go visit Carol Baskin when this is all over. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think I will. Podcast. We should. That would be a great guest. I think it's crazy, too, uh, the timing, just because everyone is obviously so they're, they're tired of listening to the news and they want to escape the real world. And what better way to do that than to jump into the seeming alternate dimension where there's big cats and these characters you'd never think would exist like you said john it's just it could not have been a better timing for the show to be so popular it's a show to come out be so popular right as this was always happening i feel almost like every i think that the number that was being thrown around was something like 30 million households have seen this show or something absurd and right. it's just nuts yeah yeah i mean i even my daughter finally watched it and she's she just turned 19, so I don't think it's really aimed at her demographic, too. But, I mean, I, although she's close to your age, I guess, Jack. But I, it's it's universal. Everybody loves it, I guess. 
Yeah, people love it. Absolutely. That's a great stuff. We love recommendations, John. That's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. So for me, I can't remember if this was a recommendation I gave on a very early episode, but one of the things I'm trying to do while staying home is try to have as much of the theme park experience as I can, watching videos like the ones you post, John, things like that. But uh, one of the things I did couple weeks ago was order from Joffrey's Coffee. Now, Joffrey's is the mm. official coffee of Walt Disney World, and I love coffee. So uh, what I ordered and had delivered to my house was a package of the Kona coffee that they serve at the Kona Cafe at Polynesian and the coffee they serve at Sanaa over at Animal, Animal Kingdom Lodge. And if you go to Joffrey's website, you could go to the section for the Disney Parks coffees, and they have tons of selections, whether it be from Flying Fish, Brown Derby, uh, and a whole bunch of others. They also have French roast coffee, which they have in the hotel rooms at Disney available in K-Cups. So my Stuff We Love recommendation this week is Joffrey's Coffee. I happen to think it's really good coffee. And uh, I love the fact that you can get it in your house and experience a little bit of what they have down at the theme parks. Uh, one more comment I'll add about that is when I rode the Skyliner earlier this year, I guess at the Carib Caribbean Beach location, there's a Joffrey's kiosk. And one of the things I did with Neil was I bought a coffee, this delicious mocha coffee, iced it, was amazing. And I drank it while riding the Skyliner. It was like a perfect Disney moment. So yeah. I, when I think of Joffrey's, <laughs> I, I'm very happy because it makes me uh, think of my theme park time. So it's good stuff. Yeah, even I think of vacation when I think of them, too. And and I have to say, I'm one of those guys that, uh, you know, my wife would always go for the Starbucks. I would prefer the Joffrey stand every time. I, mm -hmm. I just think it's a better coffee all around. And that's just my opinion. But and, and again, it, it feels more Disney to me, like you said, all for for many years now, all, while on vacation, there's nothing better than a Joffrey's coffee when you're around the park. So. Yeah, it's really good. And and I like Starbucks, too. But to me, Starbucks is not uniquely Disney. And that is Joffrey's. I mean, Joffrey's has tons of coffees that aren't Disney related, but it is the official coffee of Walt Disney World. And that's the difference. So that's my recommendation this week. Uh, John, before we go to the wrap up part of the show, uh, let's give you an opportunity again to tell our listeners where they could find you on social media. Uh, you can find me at c.wdw at instagram uh c.uo on instagram c.wdw on facebook uh c.wdw on youtube and i think that's about it and that's c s e e not the letter c yeah yeah sorry it's c s e e <laughs> and i did that as a play on words like I will want, I'm, I'm letting everybody else see Walt Disney World through my account yeah, and see sure. Universal Orlando. So, And uh, I don't know if that ever really caught on, but that's all right. I'm get, I, yeah. I built a lot of followers either. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah, great, great accounts there, and we encourage all of our listeners to follow you on them. Uh, in terms of the Stuff We Love podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram Stuff We Love Podcast, our website is www.stuffwelovepodcast.com. There you can learn about the hosts and find links to prior episodes. Our email is stuffwelovepodcast.gmail.com. Please leave us those good five-star reviews on iTunes. and helps others to find the show. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. Our listenership is up, and we're very grateful for that, and we want to see it keep going. Uh, so let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. And be actually, before we do that, let me just say thank you, John, again. It was great, great to be with you tonight. No, thank you for having me. I, I, I always appreciate the invite.
Always good to be here with you. Uh, I'm Scott. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.